You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. And my name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline and also the president of MyXP, a ministry where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Question, are you yeah. sure of either of those two roles? No, I, I, I felt very stumped by my <laughs> intro. So today is going to be a unique... We've only uh, done it 39 times. Uh, my mind was <laughs> elsewhere and it just... Oh, it's going to be one of those? Yeah, it wasn't happening okay, for me. Okay, cool. All right, well, we're having a, a series of conversations about uh, how complicated it is for pastors to have friends. Uh, and so we spent a, a, the first week talking about what friendship is, why it's important, and uh, why it's worth pushing through the complication of it. And yep. so now we're looking at a few reasons why it can be complicated and, and sort of some best practices for getting through it. So this morning uh, or this afternoon or whatever time it is, it's podcast world, so it doesn't yeah. even matter. Nope. <clears throat> but we're going to talk about another one of those. Before that, question of the day. Yeah. Okay. Who was your favorite teacher you've ever had? Ooh. We had a lot of the same teachers because we went to high school together, if people don't know. Yeah. But who was hmm. their favorite, all-time favorite teacher, do you think? Gosh, that's really hard. Um, I really liked Mrs. Blackhurst. Um I feel like, so she taught like computer, but government. She was also like our sponsor for student council. I just worked with her a lot. I mm -hmm. was a president of student council. I was a chaplain. I was different things. Mm -hmm. And Nerd alert. So, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so I had to interact with her a lot. And she just was very, I don't know, for some reason, like never really treated me like a kid, even though I was one and um, really valued my input. I don't know. I just really appreciated that. Yeah. Mine was Mr. Rombo, our mm, Bible teacher. Yeah. Was he there the whole time, all, all four years of high school for me? No, I don't think so. I think you had like, there was like, I think he left my Mr. Roof. And I remember that name. I remember yeah. not being a huge fan. Oh, I didn't like any of the Bible teachers we had <laughs> besides Mr. Rombo. I don't think I would be a pastor if it wasn't for Mr. Rombo. No, was, no, wow. definitely not. Yeah. I felt like a black sheep kind of all of everywhere else. Yeah. And I felt like he was always the one that was really, really kind and patient. I, cause I was a freaking pain. Yeah. So, but he was, uh, he always referred to me as his Peter. Okay. Yeah. So cool. That was kind of him. So he was my favorite. So Mrs. Nice. Blackhurst, she was a nice woman. Consumer yeah. math. That's what I had her for. Yes. Yeah. And the only math class that really matters in a regular life. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. I true. had my PE teacher for consumer math and didn't take a lot away. Uh, yeah. It was like, if you get on a train and leave at this time zone and it's a four hour trip, what time will you get there? And my answer wanted to be, look at the ticket. <laughs> like <laughs> there is no train ride you should ever get on that you have to guess your arrival time. That's fair. They tell you right away. <laughs> so <laughs> those totally fair. problem solving questions are wild. Like there's just never a time in life no. that you actually have to solve that problem. Problem. No, I'm still convinced that I don't use anything more than third or fourth grade math in That's my day to day. Fair. No chance. All right. So we have, uh, I think we've covered two or three different reasons why uh, friendship can be complicated for pastors. Yep. Today we're going to talk about um, 
the problem of pastors actually genuinely having the experience and then the fear moving forward that that there are people in life that are not safe. Yeah. For them to be friends with in the sense of be able to genuinely be who you are. Sure. And so we're going to talk about how to discern if a person is safe. But before that, I think it's really important that we validate for people listening that it's not an irrational fear that some people have proven genuinely they are not a safe place for a pastor to really invest in in genuine, formative and authentic, honest relationship. And they've proven that by their behavior because sure. they've betrayed that trust in some fashion or form, or it's been yeah. used against a ministry leader in some way. Yep. I just like, how many pastors have we talked to that have actually had that experience? Totally. And I think that uh, it's not just the guys who are like playing it too safe. It's also maybe you're newer into ministry. Maybe you've graduated and you're, you know, uh, the new hire at a church or something. It's your first ministry job. So it's not an irrational fear for those who feel it. And if you don't feel it at all, you should feel some level of caution. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this episode applies to people on both sides of that fence. Yeah. Yeah. And what we, what I, what we talked about the other day was that within this, there's a a spectrum of experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people that have been listening to this for a while or who might know us personally know that we had a a pretty challenging 18 month stint, Mm. uh, in North Carolina. Yep. And had some interaction in some relationships that very much did prove not to be safe. Totally. And in our best interest. And so that was a very, for people that aren't, that don't know that story, we're not going to get into all the details of it today, but it was a very intense and extreme version of what we're talking about. Absolutely. That Lord willing, not everyone will experience, but we both know that certain other people have. We're not the only ones that have ever experienced something like that. Totally. So it can be that all the way down to... I don't know, the other end of the spectrum where, you know, you share something, let's say you're a youth pastor Mm -hmm. and you share, you have lunch with someone in the church and you say something to the effect of like, you know, I've been frustrated with the lead pastor. Um, They're not giving me enough direction, something like that. And then that goes back to Mm -hmm. the lead pastor. And so that would be, and maybe there's not major fallout from that, but it makes things awkward and it's something that you then have to work through. So that would be totally. like other end of the spectrum where it's not like a huge, whereas North Carolina was like <laughs> life altering yep. in, in our experience of yep. the intensity of it all the way down to this other end of the spectrum and everywhere in between, but everyone's going to have some version of this experience at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we thought it'd be helpful to talk about how do we actually discern that a person is safe? Yep. Otherwise, it just feels like you're always rolling the dice and you never really know. So first totally. things first. Or not caring at all, and that's going to yeah. really come and at, that, back at yeah, you. Yeah, that will yep. blow up at some point. So the first thing is knowing that it's going to take time, and so take your time, um, mm. that it, I think, jumping into a brand new relationship, very first conversation, and choosing to have that be your safe place. Um, and so you just open up and air it all. And that would be foolish in any situation. Sure. Um, but especially in a pastoral situation where that could really come back to, to hurt you in certain ways. Totally. And I think even if you're at a place where you are just desperate, you're like, you know, like in the desert looking for a drink of water and this type of relationship is what you just so desperately need. 
Uh, even still, you gotta just be careful. Mm-hmm. You gotta take your time. You gotta let trust be built over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't believe in the ability to, I think you can build trust, um, along the way. You don't necessarily have to take all the time in the world, mm-hmm. but I think that you have to be really intentional about it. I think there's going to have to be a lot of really uh, honest and open conversations about things, even even to shorten the timeline. And mm-hmm. so I think that uh, regardless of, of your situation, whether this is something you need to force yourself to do or something you're really desperate for, you still got to take your time. Yeah. And I would say if you're in a position where you are in a feeling like you're in a relational desert and you are desperate and you're completely alone and you need it now, then get a therapist. Sure. That person literally can't betray you without going, right. getting sued. So right. Yeah. Losing their license, if, all kinds of things. Yeah. If you need like 100% trust day one and you've mm-hmm. got things and you're going on in your life that you need to discuss, need to unburden, and you don't have that trusted person and you need it now, then that uh, counselor or therapist, that's the place to seek that out. Something more professional in nature. Absolutely. So take your time. What else would you say? Yeah, I think the next one is uh, it's got to be someone who's proven to be for you. And I think that right away, this doesn't mean that it's someone who believes you can do no wrong. You're not looking for your churches, like, uh, depending on the size of your church, there might be that person in your church who's like a fanboy, mm-hmm. and they just think that you like hung the moon and the mm-hmm. stars. Probably not that guy, because yeah. uh, if they feel that passionately one way and, and experience that I've seen, they could also feel as passionately the other way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it vacillates, and so that's not good. But I think, um, I think people that are for you, people... Um, uh, you know, I think uh, people might hear that and think, you know, uh, a yes man mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody who's just going to like support everything you think. And mm-hmm. that's certainly not what we're saying at all. I think it's genuinely someone who like assumes positive intent, mm-hmm. who if if something is heard about you, they come from a place of like, well, if that doesn't match up with what I know about this person, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask more questions mm-hmm. or I'm going to talk to them mm-hmm. or something like that. But I think, I think being for you again, doesn't just mean it's someone who like, will like be the captain of your uh, popularity club or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's somebody who uh, has proven over time that they really have your best in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I I want someone that I am confident loves me. Totally. And thankfully I just, I did chapels at my kid's school this week and uh, was teaching on love. And we looked at 1 Corinthians 13, which really Paul gives actual concrete evidence, uh, like description of what love is. So you are looking for someone who's proven to be patient and kind and, you know, all of those things. And so I think, you know, a big thing is someone who has proven that they, they care for you and that they do love you. And they're not the person who like, there's some person, people that you, you know, you interact with and it seems like every interaction is a correction. That's not my fave. Yeah. You know, like, For that, I'm not saying that we don't need people in our life to correct us. That we don't even need friends in our lives to correct us. We certainly do. Absolutely. Um, but but we're not talking about like f- by for you. I would say yes. We're not looking for a, a yes man. But on the other end of the spectrum, you're also not looking for someone who's just it's their life's mission to correct every mistake in your life. Totally. So it's whatever lives in the middle of that (laughs) and someone who has proven that they really do love and care for you. uh, I think that's what you're looking for. Someone who's really proven to your point with time and uh, in intention that they are for you. 
Another one would be someone that's proven that they can keep confidence. I think mm-hmm. this is a super big one. Um, and, and that they've proven that they, that they can keep confidence both, uh, with you and with other people. So mm-hmm. like I, I would say, especially if it's a newer relationship, one thing to be looking for is if you sit with this person and they're, they're airing dirty laundry of other people, mm-hmm. like it's that old adage, if they will do it with you, they will do it to you as Absolutely. well. And so if they're doing that, like you should have all kinds of red flags Sure. <laughs> in, in like every single time they do that, that's a massive red flag. And so you're not, you're looking for someone who doesn't really do that. Sure. And like, I've had conversations with people in our own church, uh, where I have, I mean, nothing like, I don't have any dark secrets in my life, so that helps. But, uh, even maybe it's just something like an idea that I have. Totally. And so I'm a verbal processor. I like to air ideas mm-hmm. through people. That's your favorite. And, uh, so let's say I do that. And then I hear about that idea from someone else in the church who mm-hmm. I haven't talked to. Mm-hmm. That is not my, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That makes me very uncomfortable. Sure. And it makes me feel like this person can't really be trusted to be a safe place to process, to try ideas or to work through thoughts. And so I think that's a huge thing is looking for someone who, uh, can keep confidence in an appropriate way. Totally. And I think that, um, in a perfect world, no one else besides you and this person have any idea of the type of relationship you have. Mm-hmm. I think being careful, so uh, oh, yeah. someone who can keep that confidence and also someone who doesn't Isn't need the about. affirmation of yeah. others because I think uh, one of the reasons it's not just a proclivity to gossip that causes people to like air that stuff out. Sometimes they want to share these uh, little morsels to demonstrate how they're on the inside. Yeah. And I think there are just people who just love being on the inside. Yeah. And I think, again, you're just trying to be cautious of people like that Mm -hmm. um, because I think that that can absolutely put you in a place where uh, eventually it's going to come out or something Mm -hmm. is that's going to cause more trouble for Mm -hmm. you than just having to be alone. And it's gross. Like I, I would say someone who does that is not ultimately for you. They're for them. Right. Like totally. that they feel affirmed in that, that they experience that from others. And so that's just gross and weird. Yep. What else? It's like uh, when you, uh, like tabloid magazines or yeah. whatever, always have a story from a friend close to the family. Yeah. That's Who is the, this person? Yeah. And that's not anybody's friend. No. <laughs> that person is the worst. Yeah, absolutely. I think another thing that's really important is that they are proven to have a shared value system with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that this, uh, there's a bunch of things that, um, that we can use to articulate this. I think one is like, it's someone who just like kind of regularly in conversation or as you just like process through things, seems like they're picking up what you're putting down mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think another thing to be careful of is, uh, do you feel that you constantly have to justify your opinions, mm-hmm. your vantage points, things like that? So for example, mm-hmm. uh, as we've shared sometimes on this podcast, I'm a big fan of Disney mm-hmm. and I am a almost 40 year old single band who loves lots of things Disney, Mm -hmm. but my favorite is the people that are closest to me do too. You do Mm -hmm. Zach. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people I don't have to like make, but I do have other people in my life who are, are are also fine, but are always wondering, why are you going again? And it Mm -hmm. just is like, that's a great example of, we don't have some of the same values. And Mm -hmm. it's not even that I can only like people who are like big into Disney. Mm -hmm. It's just that like, I do like that Disney is like a core value in your life. Oh, it is for sure. (laughs) hundred percent. That's your example. Well, but it is. (laughs) 
And, yeah. and I think I think nobody wants to be in that place where they're constantly having to like uh, mm-hmm. come to the defense of you know just something they like to do, mm-hmm. hobbies, anything mm-hmm. like that. I think again, we're not necessarily talking about do they believe in you know reformed theology or mm-hmm. do they believe in some of these uh, nuances uh, of the faith. Mm-hmm. We're talking about is it someone that like genuinely like your value system and theirs connect? Yeah, yeah having to constantly justify or explain or I, like I think in general I think one way that you can measure depth in a relationship is that you don't have to measure your words all of the time totally where I'm oh, yeah. constantly having to be so careful about like what I say how I say it in in my safest relationships I can be whatever version of myself that mm-hmm. I am feeling like in that moment. So yeah. if I'm having a hard time or I'm I'm hurting, I'm able to be uh, open and vulnerable about with about that without having to be like, hey, just so you know, I'm 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 okay, and uh, I'm sorry. Like that, there are some people that can't handle as much as like I'm a huge proponent of because I've seen the way that it's helped me grow in the last year. I've huge proponent of learning to be more vulnerable in mm. leadership. And, uh, and lots of people affirm that, you know, thanks to Brene Brown, it's a huge growing, uh, value and virtue in our culture. And, uh, some people really don't want that. Like, and I think that's one thing that we don't always get told enough is like, some people really do want to have a fearless, never having a bad day, perfect on a pedestal leader. Right. And so, you know, like, I mean, I met with, I think I can't remember if I said this a couple of weeks ago, but I met with someone who visited our church mm-hmm. and I, it was a week that I had mentioned being in therapy and they came in and they were like, I'm looking for a strong pastor. And so I don't really know what to do with the fact that you're in therapy. Sure. And so we had a whole conversation about what is strength and weakness and all yeah. that. But that's a situation where it's like, I'm not that I'm not opening up in a major way to that guy. <laughs> right. And I think it's, it's people who understand people who are in it to, for relationship for the long haul. Every one of us have character traits and things that would be great if we're different. Yeah. And I think uh, I saw someone, a friend on Instagram post something to the effect of uh, like long-term relationship or genuinely loving people is attending a thousand funerals of who that person used to be oh, and that. recognizing that they're going to like grow and be different and mm-hmm. change over time. And like, and your commitment is to the person, not to like the thing that they did that one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that uh, making sure that that shared value system just understands that. And, and I, and I do think as much as we're both going to grow and change and all of that, choosing someone for this type of relationship that you're like in a similar spot on, I think Mm -hmm. is really helpful because you're not always trying to catch someone up to where you're at or catching up to where they're at. That can be pretty exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, totally can. I think that's good. Um, I just mentioned this, but I think another thing that at least for me, I think mm-hmm. to have, and I would argue that in order to have any sort of genuine relationship, this is necessary, but someone that is willing to model their own vulnerability. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than taking an opportunity to um, be vulnerable and open up about something and then having someone be like, cool, thanks for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And there's like no sort of mutual self-disclosure. Sure. That that is just I, I think that's like relationship one oh one. When mm-hmm. someone is vulnerable with you, one of the ways that you can put them at ease and and communicate to them this is a safe place to live in the open yeah. is to do the same. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be the same thing, but some other 
Like I, that's one thing that I've, I think over the last year and a half, especially have worked really hard to do in counseling is Mm. when I'm sitting in a counseling situation with someone and they open up about something to, again, in an appropriate way to be able to reciprocate that, even in that setting, sure. uh, much less over coffee with someone I'm trying to build a friendship with or lunch or whatever. Um, that is just, there's no quicker way to make someone feel shame Totally. In the midst of opening up, then to stare at them blankly sure. and after I think, they've opened up. And I think what it does is by you being vulnerable and disclosing, mm-hmm. you have extended trust mm-hmm. because you have given someone some information that yeah. they could wound you with. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that's so meaningful is that it's someone else like repaying that trust mm-hmm. with a same kind of trust. Right. Uh, and I think that that's the part that we're trying to like emphasize here is ensuring that that person can be trusted with what you have and also that they would trust you in return. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. What's the last one? Last one is that they are proven to be a trusted source of insight. And I think that um, uh, the thing that we're talking about in friendships, in relationships is not necessarily, um, um, you know, an accountability partner or something like that. However, mm-hmm. it's also not the value. The value is not necessarily just having someone to gossip to, just having somebody to complain to. I have some friends like that. Some sure. friends that like, if if you just like, if you uh, decided a different restaurant than I want to go to, I have a friend that would like cut you. And I, I, I really appreciate that about that friend. However, um, as a result, like that's not necessarily what we're talking for here. That's like mm-hmm. sort of like that mom defense, you know, mm-hmm. that is just like, like you wronged, you wronged my child. I'm going to yeah. end you. That's, yeah. that's kind of, kind of what, uh, what, what that is. And that's not what we're talking about here. I yeah. think, I think, uh, it's someone who has been able to hear the things that you've shared and not even necessarily pushed back, but just thrown out for consideration. Have mm-hmm. you thought through this or that? Yeah. Um, and just as a side note, as like an asterisk here, be wary. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier, but mm-hmm. be wary of those people who view it as their job to hold the pastor accountable. Mm-hmm. There are people who will come to your church probably as ministry leaders are listening to this. You know that conversation of just uh, someone who's maybe said, well, pastor, you know, I, I'd love to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, I would run so far fast and so far from that person yeah because it's just not again uh because then what you hear in that is like i'm gonna look for all your shortcomings and point them out to you Mm -hmm. and um i think very few people are more aware of how like broken i am than me and so i don't always need them pointed out absolutely i need to be held accountable and all of those types of things but in this we're talking about someone who's willing to hear what you say and just say you know I don't know. It doesn't sound like that person really, it, it seems like if you used a different tone of voice, mm-hmm. that person in that text message could have meant it as a, an encouragement. Mm-hmm. And just somebody who uh, is willing to say those kind of things. And also I think, um, and you know, some, re- some people just aren't really compatible in relationship, mm-hmm. but if it's someone who's like pointing those things out and every time it just makes you angrier because they're so far off base mm-hmm. or it just doesn't resonate with you at all. Mm-hmm. I think again, that's probably just not a good makeup for who you're looking for on this. Yeah. I think one thing I just wanted to share with everyone before we close, I think if you are listening to this um, and wondering about what does it mean to be a good friend or what does friendship look like, or maybe you've been a pretty isolated person, regardless, I think Mm -hmm. um, I am not a huge reader. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those. I saw somebody on Facebook that was like book number 17 of 2021. If that were true of me, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would be unemployed because yeah. all I would do is read. I just read slowly. I get very distracted, all of those kind of things. And so I say that to just share that I'm not somebody who's going to always recommend a book. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I think one of the most influential books on my view of relationships and just how they work is this book called Friendship Factor by Alan Loy McGinnis. Um, it's a great, great book. Um, I just cannot recommend it highly enough if you're just interested in, um, you know, and, and there have been times in my life where I've read through it with someone that I was looking for a safe place with. Mm -hmm. And I think even like talking about like, do we resonate with those types of things? And and you might be in a situation where you uh, need to like book club this book with Mm -hmm. somebody who, uh, if you're looking to expedite that type of relationship or something, I think this book addresses a lot Mm -hmm. of what we've talked about today pretty head on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think too, if you have someone who like you see the potential for this in, and like we talked about to start, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. I think this is a way because sometimes that time is like like how many times do we have to have coffee or lunch before I can open up about something? Right. I think this this is a way to be able to pursue. Yeah, I don't even know if I would use the word expedite as much as to bring intentionality to yeah. testing the waters of yeah. does this does this relationship have the potential to be the type of friendship that I'm looking for? Sure. I think that's a really really great idea. And there's just not. Sadly, there's not very many good books that I'm aware of on friendship. And I have a lot, unlike you, I do read a lot. Right. I have a lot of books and I just, I've not seen a ton of really good books on friendship. And this is one of them. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Any other book recommendations you want to make for today? That's like the the only book (laughs) I've read. The one time. This century. So, (laughs) yeah. No, it is an excellent book. And I, I would second that and highly recommend that. Well, as always, we want you to know that we count it an honor that you would take time to listen to this episode. And if you've enjoyed it, you can always help us in these three ways. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, We're on Apple, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. I think there's like a million places people can listen to podcasts now. Yeah. But those are the three well, old faithfuls. And some of the like less prominent ones mm-hmm. are like somehow scrub the internet and find it. So we could be posted places we didn't even try to post ourselves wow. and they're there. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Fancy. Second, you can leave a review wherever uh-huh. it is that you listen because that is probably how the the interwebs are finding us and putting us on Something. these other platforms. Yep. And then lastly, we would love to actually be able to connect with you on social media. So you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at, at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you later, alligator. Your delay is getting too long. I think that's part of what's happening.